Hi, and welcome to my Independence Report, the podcast that no one listens to except me. Since no one's listening, I have the freedom to say what's in my heart and to create anything I want. (laughs) How good is that? At least for me. So now I'm going to present new ideas, thoughts, and comments on past and current events, stories from my job, a view from the seat, as well as the best of, episodes from the various shows I did in the past, and even stories about life between lives called Death Isn't Real. So since no one really knows about this podcast, I might as well get started. And oh, by the way, thanks for not listening. Welcome to Positive Talk Monday. It's actually Positive Talk Radio and it's Monday. That would have been better had I said that. Before we do anything, there's a gentleman who's on the sixth floor of this very building who I would like to say thank you to in a very public way. How often is it? Now, first of all, you have to understand. By the way, my name is Kevin. I hope that you're having a great day. It's a beautiful day outside. Well, kind of, but it's Seattle. What do you want? In any event, how many times have you walked into a building? And first of all, let me give you the, the outlay of the building that the radio station is at. It's on the fifth floor of a beautiful building in Factoria. And you go through this beautiful palatial lobby, and the elevators are on the far side. And uh, I'm walking through the front door, and it's good, got to be a good 50 yards away from the elevator. And a gentleman stops, turns around, looks at me. For, he's standing in front of the elevator, and he says, going up. And I said, why, yeah, I am. And he said, okay, I'll hold it for you. So he held the elevator. Not only did he say say hello, which, you know, is hard enough to get a lot of people to do, but he was willing to take the time out of his day to stop, hold the elevator until I got on it. I said, thank you very much. That was an awfully nice thing to do. And he said, well, you know what? At least you got to have something nice happen to you on Monday. And I said, you know, bless you, sir. And I'm going to put you on the radio. So, so with that, I just want to say thank you to the gentleman that really did went above and beyond just to, just to do something extraordinary. And I think that it's just awesome, awesome when people do that. Don't you think so, Eric? By the way, Eric is here and uh, he's with us always, except for Fridays when he's not. Um, how, how are you today? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Uh, he said it. No, I think that was that's nice. What happened to you? I'm not so sure it's extraordinary as you put it. I've never. I think I, that's commonplace, I, how, but uh, no, but a d- nice thing nonetheless. Yeah. I disagree with you. And have you ever had that happen to you? Yes, many, many no, times. No, 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 no. Not I, only that, I've done that many, many times. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I was approaching the elevator, or I he had to go out of his way to even. I was walking through the front door, so I was a good forty yards away. He didn't even know I was going to go to the elevator. So he had went out of his way. Now, I've often said if I'm you know, going up, I'll hold this for you if somebody's approaching. But he made it a point of going out of his way to do something nice. And, and that was my only point is that, that I don't think it happens nearly as often as, as it should, as often as we. But how many of us are like, I've got to get You'd upstairs. be surprised. Well, I think you have little faith in humanity. Oh, I don't. I disagree <laughs> because, with that. Because it, it does happen. 
plenty of times. And, uh, all right. And maybe not plenty of times, but it does happen a lot. And the other thing is we're, we're having problems with our buttons on the first floor for oh, the we elevator. Are? Yeah. So, <laughs> so there was an ulterior motive? Is feeling, that what you're saying? Well, no, no, not necessarily an ulterior motive, but my feeling is he probably said, geez, I had so much trouble uh, getting an elevator here that uh, I should help the next guy. And maybe that's what spurred him. No, actually, he did it because he's a wonderful human being. And, and because we talked about it going up. But, but like, there's, yeah, he's a wonderful human being, but he, there's a there's a reason that he got the idea. Well, no. Because if he thought, okay, well, the elevator's just going to come, uh, you know, no problem for the next guy, he might have just went up. Yeah. Or well, maybe he wasn't in a hurry. Well, what he did was, was uh, see, he walked in the building I, because I saw him walking in ahead of me. So, yeah. And that was a part of the story that I left out. So, but, but <laughs> you do. You have little faith in humanity. No, I, my point is that I think that we all need to, rather than just hopping on the elevator of life, we all need to look around and see if anybody else can help us. Uh, anybody help else any. wants to come up with us when yeah. we're on the elevator of life? Exactly. Can, can we do something nice for somebody else that particular day? And sure. I think that we don't do and let somebody. Uh, I wasn't trying to, you know, make your story any less powerful or, <laughs> or belittle the, the gentleman in any way. No, I think no, no. it's a great thing. All I'm saying is that that kind of thing does happen on a daily basis, and it's a very good thing. And people, well, you know, when I grew should up, should be nice here. to each other like that. Absolutely, forty years ago or thirty years ago, before everybody moved here. Everybody was like that here. I mean, it was a very friendly place. It is mm -hmm. less so now. And I would like all these people came in from Idaho when they were like three it, three months old and exactly. ruined everything. And from California when they were in their early uh, teens or twenties or whenever you did. Uh, so um, exactly. But you know, I mean, we're we're all immigrants, I suppose. Yes. At one point. So, how was your weekend? Where? Did, what fabulous things did you do this weekend? Let's see. Uh, <laughs> it was an interesting weekend. I went and saw the uh, the new Jack Black movie, School of Rock. Oh, yeah. And that was a ton of fun. Was it? Yeah, that was hilarious. And, uh, you know, the, the great thing about it is um, is that it, it's actually a movie that you could take any age uh, a person to and they would enjoy it. Well, maybe if you're 80, I don't know that you, you would understand <laughs> it because it's awfully rocking. But, uh, yeah. but I, I mean, it was a perfect movie to take the kids to. The whole family can really enjoy. And, uh, but it's not necessarily a kid's movie. Mm -hmm. You understand, but they would have a great time, and there's no, you know, bad language or sex or nudity or anything that uh, you would say, "Oh my gosh!" I and you went that. anyway. Well, yeah, because <laughs> I'm a big fan of Jack Black for one thing, but oh. another thing is, you know, it was really funny. It was really good. So it it uh, in Eric's uh, rating system of one to five stars, multiple thumbs up, multiple thumbs up. That's yes. that's a good thing. But here's the thing that didn't go so well with that. Uh, I last week I went to Iwajimaya, which is the Japanese superstore in Seattle. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And uh, those that know me is uh, uh, know that I'm something of a cola connoisseur. So they had this new cola, right? It's called Cricket. It's uh, it's like a green tea cola, right? And it's, so I never tried. And it's it. called Cricket. Yeah, it's called Cricket. That's the Eww. that's the the brand. Right, right, right. Right, right. but it, it's a green tea cola. And, since I, you know, am something of a cola connoisseur, I like to think that I'm hip and with it. You know, I tried the vanilla, the toxic Coke pudding in a can <laughs> thing. Yeah, liquid and you were beverage. one of those when they said it, when New Coke came out, you probably rebelled against that. Cause... Actually, no, no. I, I thought New Coke was much better than Old Coke. Really? But, yeah, that's heresy among Coke fans, but I've never <laughs> been a fan of Coke. Okay. Anyway, long story short, tried the green tea cola, you know, soon after the School of Rock, and it was awful. 
<laughs> it was just plain awful. Some things don't go together. Green tea, cola, they're those things. You know, like peanut butter and chocolate. You got your peanut butter in my chocolate. You got your chocolate in my peanut butter. Wow. It's delicious. You know, anybody like walking down and like, oh, you got your green tea in my cola. It's ruined now. You know, they're not going to be like, all right. You know, it's it's not good. So Absolutely. steer clear. <laughs> Well, especially anything a cola Stand named cricket clear. that's green. Is it now? What no, it, it, it was it brown? It looks just like regular cola. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we don't like that. Kind well, of I'm stuff sure anyway. Jerry would tell me, oh, "What are you crazy drinking cola anyway? That stuff will kill you." That exactly. But I I enjoy cola, and you know, you know, don't go for the green tea cola. It's not good. It's do, not you like it. to do you swirl the cola in the glass and 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 drink in the bouquet <laughs> and and the, to make sure it's of the right vintage and all of that. No, no, no. No, you don't do that. Okay. Well, cool. Um, By the way, Eric, you're invited. Tonight, we're going to be at the Stone House from 7 to 9 p.m. We are going to talk to Gigi at noon, and she's going to talk to us about some of the things that are going on at the Stone House. But we are going to be there from 7 to 9. We want to talk about nutrition and and, uh, uh, a proper way to lose weight and all of those things. So you're welcome to drop by. I unfortunately can't be there because I'm going to be dealing with my own uh, issues at home. Our refrigerator broke this weekend, so I'll oh, be I dealing with my that. own issues of weight loss and nutrition, <laughs> <laughs> just in a whole different manner. When, so. And not only that, pocketbook loss. I'll be home because now you have to replace. Well, thanks. I rent, so the the landlord oh, will oh, be oh. replacing yeah. it. But are they going to replace all the contents? No, probably not. <laughs> See, and that's that's a big thing because you know you don't realize how much money you have tied up in your refrigerator until it goes go. down. Yeah, or you want to go get some ice cream and it's all over the floor. Well, thankfully the freezer's working okay. So okay, good. Consequently, I've crammed everything I can <laughs> into the freezer. The refrigerator is kind of lukewarm. So, how did you find out that it was uh, broken? Did you like have milk that wasn't right? Well. That, yes, and then it just like felt like this doesn't feel very cold. It, it doesn't feels feel like quite Bahamas. cold enough, yeah. yeah. And then we had some milk that came out like cheese, you know. <laughs> it was good. chunky in the coffee. Yeah, chunky style milk, yeah. <laughs> you don't want that. No. It's like the green tea color. Just steer clear. <laughs> Trust us. Exactly. By the way, and I know, Eric, you are uh, um, email friendly, and I know that you get emails. I like to just think I'm friendly. Yes, but you get a lot of emails. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. And and I got one today that I wanted to share with the listeners because this is kind of an email alert. And uh, this was not sent to me via a joke. This was sent to me for reals. And uh, it is from a gentleman that it calls himself Paul Kamura. Have you heard about okay, this? Okay, this scam? isn't about enlarging parts of your body, is no, it? No, no. Because I, I get those. <laughs> Do you too, get those? And I hate that. <laughs> so, no, I, so much spam out there. Yeah, this, but this is no, this was a legitimate email. That's entitled, I Need Your Help, Please. And it's from a gentleman that that's called Paul Kamura. And uh, um, it is sent to Representative Bobby Wood of the state legislature. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, it reads as follows. Uh, I am Paul Kamura, son of the late former director of finance, Chief Vincent R. Kamura, Sierra Leone Diamond and Sierra Leone Diamond and Mining Corporation. I must confess that my agitation is real and my word is my bond in this proposal. This, I kid you not, this came to me today. My late father diverted his money meant for purchase of ammunition for my country during the Civil War. In my country now, he has deposited the money with the Bank of Guyana, where I am residing under political asylum. Yes. 
it is a scam. And Eric, <laughs> Eric just mouthed me, it's a scam. Yeah. And it's like, yes, it is. But the way this is worded now, he, it, they even misspelled some words. Right. And, and made it look like it was a real email because what they're asking for, if you, if you furnish them with your account name, your account number, the, your bank address, phone mm. number, and fax. Well, they're saying they'll transfer this money into your uh, bank account. $15 and then million. Dollars. You'll keep like 10% of it. And it's very good. And it's 15%. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's $45 million. Right. And and I am compensating you with 15% of the total money amount. Well, then they want you to go over there and meet with them, and uh, it's it's ugly. They I saw a BBC investigation of this because they get this in England, too. And uh, not this necessarily this particular letter, but very similar stuff. And, you know, people should be aware that this is a scam. And, uh, you know, your oh, life I've... could actually be in danger if you oh, go yeah. for this. Yeah. Because what they'll um, do is after they get not done. Not just your money. No, because after they get done uh, emptying your bank account, if they determine that there's more money to be had there or there's more ways, then, then you are yeah, opening yourself are up. Yeah. These, these people are awful. And, and the reason that I'm bringing this up is that it is important that people realize as they try and be nice to their fellow man that right. there are some precautions that you got to take when you're talking about this kind There's of stuff. There's not really money for nothing. <laughs> and, that's exactly and people right. want to buy into this idea and that's where they get you. So yes. you just got to, you know. They actually, unfortunately, play upon your greed. Yes. Um, because you're mentally doing the math. Let's see, fifty percent of forty-five million. Fifty percent right. of forty-five million. Yeah. That's 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 six yeah. million dollars. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> what can I do with six million dollars? Yeah. But the reality, and and they supposedly going to send the entire forty-five million to your bank account. Right. Which is probably going to blow up your bank, and the IRS is going to come visit you. Where did the where did you, Mr. McDonald? Where did you find this forty-five million dollars? <laughs> I don't know. It just showed up one day. <laughs> it was just honest. It was in my bank account. Well, we'd like to tax you for that after you get out of jail. Not just so. that, but we're we're going to confiscate it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I just wanted to make sure that everybody was aware that if you get an email like that, you need to check its source before you give. And, you know, you think that that's pretty common just information. delete it. Just delete it. Get rid of it. Or forward it to probably FTC. You know, that's not actually a very good idea is, is to forward it to a government agency that that could then look at this because, you know, and I still have it, so I'll do that when I get home. There's, I mean, if you have questions about uh, stuff that you get in your email, first of all, if it's not from somebody you know, chances are it's spam. Correct. S secondly, um, if it's something like this sounds too good to be true, chances are it is. And if you do a little research on Google, look for something called Spam Busters. There's several websites like that um, or Scam Busters also. They have information on how these frauds work. So yes. do a little research. Do a little research. Don't ever give your bank account out to anyone. That's over right. The or your social security number exactly. or personal information. Unless it's a unless you know the source, it's a secure exactly. thing. Even credit cards and that and that sort of thing. So you need to sure. be extraordinarily careful. And so I just thought I'd bring that up. We need to take a break here on Positive Talk Radio. I just thought I'd bring that up because you know. People who are trying to legitimately be nice. Some people fall for this too. They, yeah, yeah, they get they, they can be a little naive. I got to tell you, first time I got one of those, I'd never heard of it before, and I thought to myself for you know a day even, <laughs> hmm, interesting, you yes. know. But then I did a little research, and I thought, yeah, <laughs> they're yes. playing upon the greed. Have you have you heard about the uh, cable TV scam? When we come back, I'm going to tell you that one. We'll be right yeah, back. Yeah, sounds good.
Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. I'm here with Eric, and we're talking about scams that people fall for. And I have to be honest with you, I fell for one. And I guess the rule of scum, the rule of scum, or, or <laughs> the thumb, rule of scum, the rule of scam scum, <laughs> the rule of scam scum scum is scams. that any time that they are preying upon your own greediness and desire for something for nothing for something for nothing look out and not you know because we all like to say well you know what i would never do that but if it's i'll tell you a story one time i was uh, uh a waiter in a restaurant this goes mm-hmm. back to the mid mid 80s and um a guy was sitting there and he had this little um um look like a metal cylinder with connections on both ends and uh, i asked what's that and he said well i have to tell you this is a cable a clandestine cable cable connection so that you can get cable in your house and they can't trace it and you can get all the channels of cable and not pay for it. And, of course, I said, well, how does that work? And he said, well, you just put it onto your TV set into the end, uh, um, the connection. Well, you have to have cable, number one, but it would allow you to access premium channels. And so you just plug it into your cable and you can get HBO and all the premium and all the pay-per-view right. movies and all that stuff. And you don't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, it's valued at 150 bucks, but I need, I need to pay for my lunch today. And, uh, and so I'll tell you what, I'll sell it to you for 40 bucks. And of course I was younger and even more naive than I am now. And so I was thinking, wow, free cable. I would really love to have free cable and they can't trace it. Wow. So, he was preying upon my ignorance and and my desire to get something for nothing, right. something for free, and he got me, and it didn't work. And so you bought it. I did, and it, and, and I took it, it home took and I said, "Honey, piece of garbage." <laughs> I said, "Honey, look what I've got, and this is going to be great, and we don't have to, you know, cables fifteen bucks back then, fifteen bucks a, a month, and then we don't we don't have to pay for the extra, so we can do it. And we plug it right in, and I plugged it in, and nothing happened, and it was like, you know." That guy, it's like, it, it be, but they were preying upon my stupidity mm-hmm. to, or my greediness, right? whatever, my, my, my humanness to, to take advantage of me. Well, the great thing is now with the internet, you can often, you can check out stuff. Uh, you could do a little research yes. ahead of time and see if things are for real. And of course, you've got to disregard the website set up by the scam people that say, <laughs> oh, it's so fantastic. But you yes. can, you know, you can do some research with sources you trust and see is this a big scam and of course again when you're breaking the law and <laughs> something like that you know chances are they're gonna you know because mm-hmm. because you can't report them well officer all i wanted to do was steal cable and this guy took me for 40 bucks that's know? right that's yeah. right he lied to me yeah i was supposed to be able to have that for free that's right and- i'm supposed to be able to steal the cable but you know, chances are it's it's not going to work. But I, I fell for one of those kind of uh, scams. Not as much of a scam, but something of a scam. Um, you know, that have you ever seen those ads where they're like, government auctions, get a Ferrari for 50 bucks. Woo! Exactly. Yes, <laughs> those yes, deals yes. are surplus Jeeps, 40 bucks or whatever, you know. <laughs> Come on down. Yeah, World War II Jeep, get your surplus government Jeep, that sort yeah. of thing. Well, mm-hmm. they, they say, well, here's a, when you call up, you think, all right. I'll get my credit card out and I'll buy me the Ferrari for 50 bucks because right. I could use that. <laughs> I'm driving out around a, a 1972 Maverick and I'd really rather be driving 
And for uh, 50 bucks, I can afford 50 bucks. A 1992 Ferrari, sure. <laughs> and I got 50 bucks, so I'll call. But the thing is, they don't have the cars for sale. They just they have a book that you can buy for oh, 50 yeah. bucks or oh, $75. Yes. And it's it'll give you all the inside information on how to get it, right? Oh, yes. And so you order the book because you say, well, if I can still get the uh, Ferrari for 50 bucks after I get this information on how to do it, there's got to be like a coupon in there that I send in or something, then it's well worth it. And then you get the book, and it's just a little pamphlet, and it says, check your newspaper for ads <laughs> of government auctions. And yeah, because you don't get, I mean, that's that's the whole premise behind it, is that they are going to, it's like that guy who wears a suit with the, with the question marks on it. Right. And, and if the, he wants to sell you a book on how to get free money from the government. Right. And that, that guy, um, it, it, those are just. It, it, yes, you can get free money from the government. It's difficult to do, and they're just kind of a scam sort of thing. So, so it's it's really really hard to do. We're going to go ahead and take a, a break, and when we come back, we are going to talk to our next guest. Her name is Cheryl, and she is a marriage counselor. So, long story short, I never got that Ferrari. You never did. I'm <laughs> <No>. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Of course, she could be like my mother, and she hangs up like a radio station call one time and said, we're going to give you $1,000. No, I'm not interested. Click. I'm on, Mom. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and you're listening to KKNW 1150 AM. Eric, what is that song? It's called Untitled. It's really? Yes. It's an untitled song. That's right. Well, it is a titled song, but the title <laughs> <Yeah>. is Untitled. <laughs> Don't you hate that? I mean, it's it. They, they've come across, there have been titles for everything. The so group they decided, is Interpol, by the way. Interpol. I liked it. Then you saw them on the... Uh, you yeah, saw, I them, saw live them live yeah. up close and personal a couple great weekends band. ago. Yeah, that's good. The great song. I like that. I like that. Okay, next up, we are going to talk to Miss Cheryl Brown. Cheryl Brown is owner of Sunray Counseling, and she is, well, obviously, a counselor. Cheryl, how are you? I'm doing great, Kevin. Oh, great. Thank you for coming on the show. I wanted to talk to you because you're a marriage counselor, right? Yes, I am. But you also do more than just marriage counseling. That's right. It's a trick question. My training is as a marriage and family therapist. And what that actually means is we see people in the context of all their relationships. Really? Mm-hmm. So when somebody comes to you, they can they can talk about their marriage. They can talk about their relationship with their kids, their boss, their friends, their neighbors, and all of that stuff. Depression, self-esteem, their job, all that stuff. Exactly. In your experience... Is there one that is more prevalent or more destructive than another, or are all of the issues of life pretty much equally distributed? Oh, I think all of those, is, it's by degree. Everybody has different amounts hitting them, right? Yeah. If you just had a death in the family, that could be the number one thing. That may not be attacking your self-esteem directly. That may be the grief process. So everybody's at a different place, and everything's going to affect people in a unique way. How do people 
how can you help people understand the place that they're at to determine where they need to go next? The first thing I do when I start with people is I try to put them at ease and find out what their goals are because it's not about my agenda. It's really about what they what their felt needs are and what they want to work on. And what they believe is the problem that they need to correct? Exactly. And and oftentimes, do you find that the problem that they think they need to correct really isn't the problem at its base? I don't think people are generally wrong about what hurts them. If it hurts them, it hurts them. Sometimes when I ask certain questions, it leads us to different places, and that gives more enlightenment, and they they will know if they agree or not with anything that I might offer. Because a lot of times if they say, I have a problem with my boss or uh, a certain behavior that my spouse has. Mm -hmm. We can trace that back to something that happened prior to many years ago. So often that is the case, yes. Our early formative years, I mean, we're we're very vulnerable as children, and those early life experiences really make an indelible mark on us. Now, we all have those early life experiences. Some of us seem to get through just fine. Others seem to take it more to heart. How do you help the people that seem to take it more to heart? Or, or do we all take it to heart? I think it's um, we go through different phases of our life where things hit us harder. Sometimes it's a matter of our stress load. What all is on your plate at any given time? If you have less on your plate and it's not so hard, things are going fairly well, those other issues are more easily handled or swept away to be dealt with at another time. Most of the listeners of our particular show um, are in their, you know, 30s and 40s, the what I call the change years. Mm-hmm. And it seems like everybody is in the midst of, of change in those years, aren't they? Well, and a lot of it is our culture. It's so fast-paced. And the people that um, we see here on the show a lot are lost in that. They're like, well, you know... I'm wondering, is this all there is? Is there is there more to me? Am I who I really am? How do I go about finding out who mm-hmm. I really am and, and accessing that information so that I can become who I really choose to be? And that seems to be like our number one question here. Because a lot of people want more personal growth and they're ready for it no matter what it takes. And now, when we talk about personal growth, how does one go about if achieving or starting to go down the path of understanding mm-hmm. what they would like and then and then accessing it and moving forward through it. Well, give me a scenario. Let's start with something okay, specific. Okay, let's All right, start with something that'll be that that'll be real specific for you. Um if I was a 35-year-old female and okay. I've been married for 14 years mm-hmm. and I have uh two boys, one age 10 and one age 13, and my husband come home comes home one day and says I'm seeing somebody else. I'm leaving you. Mm. And uh, um, my background is that I work, you know, part-time, 20 hours a week. And uh, um, I haven't really, I, I graduated from school, but I graduated from college, but haven't practiced my degree in 15 years. And before that, I, I lived in my father's house. So now mm. I'm out there and he's gone. Mm-hmm. He's packing up and leaving. And I'm there with these two kids. What do I do now? This woman has a major crisis. There's a lot of layers going on. She wants to meet the needs of her kids who are wondering what's going on. Kids usually blame themselves. She also has financial stressors because she's got to figure out how to make it work. I don't know if he's, if 
he's threatened to not pay anything or those kind of things. So she, of course, needs somebody that can be practical support and also the emotional, spiritual support. And and there are also relationship issues because she's had been in this one for 12 or 14 years. And then, you know, as, as time progresses, she would like to have another one, but mm-hmm. she can either frighten by it or... Whore doesn't want to repeat the same mistakes. And uh, there's a real tendency to rush into another one because it feels good. There's nice, warm hormones that go on when you have a first love experience, and that can make you think you're over all those past issues, and it's a temporary phase. So So you want to work on those grief issues before you get involved in a new relationship. How do you work? It seems to me like, and we were talking with a gal on, on Friday mm-hmm. about grief. And it seems to me that grief, not only the grief of a lost, of a loved one that you that dies, but also grief over a relationship, grief over a job. Absolutely. Are, are issues that we as a culture really kind of gloss over. Yep, that's for sure. I used to live in the Philippines in a third world country in a very remote area, and we were able to observe how people process death there, it's like it's right there in your lap. You know, the person passed away and they're right there in the, the little one-room house. Death isn't um, as much in our faces. We have somebody else deal with uh, taking care of the, the deceased person. It's just a whole different world in our culture. We, we kind of gloss over lots of things. Well, it's... I'll give you, let me give you another story because, and we talked about this on Friday when we were talking about, about grief and there may be some uh, people who weren't listening, but on um, last year, January 8th, my sister-in-law died after a three and a half month illness. Uh, She had a congenital heart defect and was expected. She needed a heart transplant and ultimately she ended up dying and Mm. she was married to my brother-in-law for, for, had been married for 20 years. And he did not process his grief very well. And we as a family did not help him process his grief very well. Mm. And subsequently, through a myriad of issues, he took his life in May. And, That's uh, so tragic. It, it, and it was terribly tragic. And he, he couldn't process the grief pro- program. How would, you advise, how would you have advised us as a family to help him through it? Because first of all, he was denying it. Mm-hmm. He went out and found a young thing to 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 date for a period of time shortly mm-hmm. after. And then, of course, that ended because it wasn't right. It wasn't going to work for him. And that's when his he descended into the depths of Greece. How would you how, how would you advocate that a family rally to somebody's yeah. cause? Well, first of all, we can't make other people's choices and decisions, but we can be influential in encouraging them. And as I was saying before, that there's several things that need to be done when you're in grief. And one is to have that support system around you of caring people. When people are in grief, they need to talk. They need to repeat their story over and over and over. And they need to be saying it without all the little helpful suggestions and judgments and, and corrections in there. They need to be able to just talk and let let that come out and cry. Mm-hmm. And so the close friends around you, the close family, spending time together in a non-judgmental capacity. Sometimes you ask questions to draw people out. Sometimes you're just there for them. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the family side or the, the friend's side. 
that people who care and that are in your life and seeking out professional help uh, is really important because there's that one-on-one where the person is objective, they're trained, they know what signs to look for, they know the questions to ask to see if the person is inclined to suicidal tendencies at all. So that's why I think it's so important to address grief and other counseling issues from all these different layers of support system. You might have a support group. You might spend more time with your family. You might spend less time with the people that are less helpful, you know? Mm-hmm. One of the issues that, that he had was when he went to sleep at night, he would have dreams involving her, mm-hmm. and oftentimes they were appeared more as visions to him. Oh. That she was still there, and and there was was also guilt around his uh, uh, the handling of her stay in the ICU for the that lengthy period of time. Mm-hmm. Guilt is a huge factor. Um, there's something we call false guilt, where it really wasn't something you did that you can't change because you didn't do anything wrong. And being racked with false guilt is horrendous. Very painful. How do you help someone get through that? Is it just a matter of talking with them, and, and or are there steps that you can take? If the person has lots of problems, like maybe they have some chemical dependency issues and other layers of problems, it's not just real simple. You have to take everything in consideration. But the first step, of course, always is to be asking that person is there anything I can do to help you? Um, have you gone for help? Asking those questions to see where they are in the process. Ask how their sleep is. Sleep is one of the main things. You can go crazy just from a lack of sleep. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. So definitely need to handle the practical side of the sleeping and the eating we're talking with Cheryl Brown. She is a counselor, a marriage counselor, and a life counselor, and uh, she operates Sunray Counseling. Hey, Cheryl, how? what's your telephone number? We'll do it again at the end of the show, but what's your telephone number? My phone number is 425-652-1413. And we're going to take a break, and we're going to come right in the back with more with Cheryl. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and you're listening to KKNW 1150 AM, your alternative talk radio station. And we're talking with Cheryl Brown from Sunray Counseling. She's a marriage and or personal relationship, anything kind of that you need kind of counselor. There we are. That you can go and talk to about the types of issues that you need help with. Because the what my brother-in-law didn't do, which would have helped him enormously he is to go and talk to someone who had no emotional attachments to all of the things that were going on around him mm. and instead he picked um people who had um a preconceived notion about how he should feel mm. and you know it's one of those things where nobody should be able to tell you how you should feel but you need to determine that for yourself right Right. And you know, that's why I like to call Sunray Counseling a place for hope and healing. Because I, I welcome people who are at their absolute wit's end. What can I do? I've tried everything. I'm going nuts. I can't stand it anymore. And I provide a place that's safe to talk about very confidential, very private issues. And being trained as a marriage and family therapist and, and a licensed marriage and family therapist, I hold to very high ethics. 
and uh, confidentiality, of course. So conversations with you won't appear on the Internet? No, they won't appear anywhere. Ah, and you know, it is so important to be able to have that person. And because there are issues that we all have, because even when you're married to somebody for a long time, or you've got great friends, or you've got a wonderful support system, there's still people who don't really know who you are. Oh, yes, that's for sure. And the more that you um, grow and become who you are, the more you can show who you really are to more people. Because you have the self-confidence that being who you are is okay. Mm -hmm. And you have fewer needs for the defenses. Everybody has defenses, and defenses have their place. Um, You don't want to be gushing out with your grief when you're in the middle of the grocery line. So you need to defend yourself to get through that grocery line. When you get home, talk to your partner or whoever is there for you. Then you will let loose some of that grief or in your therapy office. But see, that's where the place is for defenses. Mm-hmm. It's like clothing, really. I like to say it's like um, our ego and the part, the person persona that we project. It's sort of like clothing. And there's a time and a place for clothing. Yep. And there's a time and a place for no clothing. And you that's, bet. And that's fewer and farther between. Because I suppose when you look at it from that aspect, you, you, there are very few people that you would like you would feel comfortable with seeing you naked. So, yeah. um, and I suppose emotionally that's the same way. Exactly. I um, have gone through my own personal growth and times in the past where I needed counseling. And I know that there were times when I had finished speaking for that hour, I felt very emotionally naked. And I also appreciated a counselor that knew how to kind of help me get ready to go back outside that door and emotionally put those clothes back on, so to speak, not be too vulnerable. It's an image I like to to use sometimes. You really do need to, and we were talking about in the first half of the show, I don't know if you were listening, The there's some Internet scams that are going on and and some of those things. And, and while it's important for all of us to be friendly and accepting and loving of our fellow man, we also need to keep hard defenses up just a little bit to protect ourselves unfortunately mm-hmm. don't we need to be wise ah. like the old proverb harmless as a dove but wise as a serpent say that again <laughs> harmless as a dove but wise as a serpent ah we, and i might have yeah. said that backwards i can't remember the order <laughs> 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 it's verbal dyslexia <laughs> Well, but it it works in either way because yes. you do you you in, you know, but at the same time, and answer me this: after you've been hurt, mm. after you've had a relationship or or a death that that impacted you grievously, mm-hmm. how do you open up again? Gradually and selectively, but you do want to. You don't want to keep all closed up, so that's why you have to know where your safe places are. Who who is safe for you, you know? Maybe your mother just died and your best girlfriend or somebody else is a really safe person you can talk to. You know that's your safe person. You open up to them. And you kind of gingerly, it's kind of like, I suppose it's like going to the lake and and going swimming Mm. and putting your toe into the water to check it out first and and go in gradually. Yeah. Because in... Especially 
it's important because we are here to experience life. And if you close off everything about you emotionally and become emotionally unavailable to other people, mm-hmm. then then less you're, joy. Yeah, then you don't experience the life and the joy that 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 you are destined to be here for. You know, what's really typical with women is um, not wanting to get too angry. It's something of being culturated that way as well. But if you don't let yourself feel your anger, you also hinder yourself from feeling your other emotions. That's right. So you don't want to stuff away all that anger. Some people stuff it away and and sort of numb it with eating or shopping or endless television, and it's not very satisfying. No, because eventually, you know, I was, I was, uh, do you know who um, uh, Mackenzie Phillips is? I've heard the name. I can't remember. She was the daughter of uh, Michelle Phillips, and she was on One Day at a Time. She mm. and she had terrible, 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 terrible. Did I say terrible? Yeah. Terrible problems with substance abuse. Mm. And the and she went through treatment after treatment after treatment. And the reason that she stopped, you know what the reason was? Mm. That after and she'd had a kid with it, and she had lost marriages, and she'd lost all of her money. None of that affected her. What affected her was. It no longer stopped the pain. Ah, what a brilliant insight. Some people don't see that's happening, so they keep taking more and more and more of whatever the substance is. Yeah, in her case, apparently <laughs> apparently she'd reached the point where she could take no more without dying, and it still did not stop the pain, and that's when she realized that she needed to go seek help. Yep, and you know, the thing about pain is it also has a function. Pain tells you you're close to something that's, dangerous, for example, a hot stove, or that running down the stairs in the dark, you might turn your ankle, and that you need to attend to that ankle and set it straight again. So pain has its purposes. But when you get stuck in pain, that's that's not helping. No. And one more thing, and, and I'd like to you know, share with you before we go today. Uh, by the way, we're talking with Cheryl Brown from Sunray Counseling. Um, Cheryl, many men will not, cannot, ultimately say, there's no way, Jose, that they'll go see a counselor. Uh-huh. Because, you know, wives, you know, like I know you do marriage counseling, and mm-hmm. a lot of times mm-hmm. you want to get the men there so that you can counsel both of them. How do you give me your 30 second approach huh. on how you get a guy to go to counseling? Because ultimately, men feel pain too. Yes, they sure do. And I love it when those men take the chance and come in. I encourage women in that situation where the husband says, No, 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 I don't want to air my dirty laundry. I don't have a problem. We don't have a problem. To say, Well, why not just try it one time? That's one idea. The other thing is, Well, honey. Would you please humor me? Let's just, would you choose the counselor? Let's go. So let's ask them to be the one to choose. Those are two ideas. Mm-hmm. And also the, the final line is go in yourself and do your personal work. Working on your own self can't help but impact your relationship for the good. And sometimes good means clarity. If you're in an abusive situation, sometimes you'll wake up and remove yourself from the abuse. Sometimes you'll realize that it's sort of a mutually abusive, verbally mess that when you stop doing your part, the other person feels a great relief and wants more of that that good stuff. King County Journal interviewed me on this topic um, a week and a half ago. So that's on... And do you know when that article appeared? It was Thursday the... 
the 2nd of October, and it was in the, um, let's see, what section was that? Uh, the life living section. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So if you're going to have an opportunity, again, you could probably go to the archives to pick up that interview. Yes, yep. October and, 2nd, Jean Perrietti did a fabulous job of that article. She interviewed another professional as well. There's some great stuff there. We've been talking with Cheryl Brown.